Hey, folks, if you've been listening to our show, you've probably heard Victor talk about Hillsdale College. It's one of the few colleges in the U.S. still interested in teaching truth. What you probably didn't know is that they have over 40 free online courses. And Victor is one of the professors in three of those courses, American Citizenship and its Decline, based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America, The Second World Wars, based on his book by the same name, and Athens and Sparta, partly based on his book, A War Like No Other, How the Athenians and Spartans Fought the Peloponnesian War. Don't you wish Victor would have been one of your professors in college? Well, now you can join him as he covers some of the main ideas of his books with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, for free. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they are self-spaced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. I think I'm going to start with American Citizenship and Its Decline, where Victor explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Hey, start your free course with Victor Davis Hansen today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. hillsdale.edu slash vdh. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I'm Jack Fowler, the host. Victor Davis Hanson, VDH, is the Martin and Ely Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. You know, because of some circumstances, Victor and I are recording our show a little earlier in the week, but it happens to be on uh, Thursday, August 3rd, and it's important to put this down as a marker. Because this is the day where Donald Trump was yet again arraigned in a federal court. And we have some information about that. More information will come out in the next few days. But we're going to get Victor's immediate thoughts on uh, what has transpired today in Washington, D.C. We'll get to that. We'll get to Victor's thoughts right after these important messages. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA has brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, They've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts 
and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Victor. TNUSA.com slash Victor. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash Victor50, that's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0, and use the code Victor50, that's code Victor50, at factormeals.com slash Victor50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. We're back with the Victor Davis Hansen Show. Uh, a little later in the podcast, Victor, I will uh, tell our fine and wonderful listeners about your official website, The Blade of Perseus, which is at victorhansen.com. And also today's uh, episode is sponsored uh, by Field of Greens, and I'll tell you a little more about that. Later, uh, Victor, Donald Trump woke up this morning, again, uh, Thursday, August 3rd, Bedminster, New Jersey, took a plane, went to Washington, went to the federal courthouse with his attorneys, uh, was arraigned, uh, a charge with crimes, processed, and before a federal judge said not guilty to uh, four counts. Victor, uh, a uh, remarkable day. Uh, for American jurisprudence. What are your thoughts, my friend? I spent the day at work and then I drove the 200 miles across California listening to all the different radio stations. And uh, it was very funny how the left is so giddy. They think they have 100 indictments. But more importantly, Jack, they're they're like poker chips, they think. One one, uh, talking head was saying, we're going to get 600 indictments without any explanation of what kind of indictments, whether they're valid, just the num- sheer number. And then they're talking about no bail, maybe. They were hoping that Trump might not get bail. He would go immediately to jail. But they're completely oblivious about why people would be angry about this. And I wrote a column today for American Greatness where I went through each item that Donald Trump was charged with, um, election denialism. I mentioned all the left-wing Examples of that, destroying evidence, his supposedly attempt to erase videos and Hillary Clinton's um, destroying with a hammer 
hard drives under subpoena, erasing what you say, bleach it? You mean like with bleach? No, Hillary, we know you use bleach bit to erase all of your emails. And then there's lying. He, I don't know his aides. Uh, I can't remember as if they were Jim Comey, um, Clapper, Brennan, McCabe. And then there's, of course, the phone call and the impeachment versus um, Biden's outright threatening to counsel and his family and getting Victor Slocum fired. So I went through them and the left, the elite, that doesn't even they're not even aware of this, that most people see there's two Americas and two sets of laws that apply. And if you're left wing and an elite, you get you get an exemption. You do whatever you want, basically. And if you're not, you're in big trouble. And then the use of these juries, they were giddy, Jack, about <laughs> they can make they can say all they want about Alvin Bragg. But when Donald Trump has to face a jury of his peers in New York or Washington, then all bets are off for him, meaning it's either going to be a, a highly left wing or highly black jury. And therefore, this orange man that is supposedly hated by everybody will be convicted whether the evidence um, leads to that conclusion or not. So it's pretty bad. We've never we've never gone after we've never had two an ex president a president since Teddy Roosevelt run when he ran against Taft. We've never had a president um, emasculate his leading opponent and tie him up. We've never had a president tie his leading opponent up with indictments when he is facing far greater uh, legal jeopardy because Joe Biden really did, I think, engage in bribery and by extension treason as outlined in the Constitution. And we're going to find that out. The only sad thing about all this is you get the sense that when they have to go back, Jack, to 1870 laws designed to go after the Ku Klux Klan or Alvin Bragg has to contort a non-disclosure agreement with Stormy Daniels into some kind of felonious campaign finance violation, i.e. Hillary Clinton was fined $113,000 for the the Mueller fraud stuff, but she never went to jail. But when you have to get that desperate, remember how they went after Michael Flynn on the Logan Act? When the left is using every type of warfare they can, and it just shows you that they don't have a serious writ or a serious crime right. that they can they can just use a regular statute and they know that and that did you see the face of jack smith when he announced this indictment did you think that he was sweating and looked mm-hmm. terrified it was you know what i mean i thought it was yeah. amazing it, it was really his whole face gave away the insecurity and uncertainty that he had about his own indictment right pictures not only you know legitimate crimes uh it, it's also like the broader. No, we we're at a, we are at a point, well past the point where um, we want to persuade those people who are on the other side, or sometimes on the other side, or whom we dis with whom we disagree. And even if we can't persuade them, once upon a time, we still could have a drink with them at the end of the day. And now it's to criminalize the people. We whether it's Donald Trump. Or if you're a pro-lifer at a outside a clinic and you, you do something 
you know, you they, protest they know a little it. bit, they're going to yeah. knock your door and it's six and in they, the morning. Right? They know what they're doing. There's an article today, maybe by uh, David Brooks. Did you see it in the New York Times? What if we're wrong? And he basically says, we rigged the system so that these phony degrees from Harvard or Yale or Stanford, and uh, we make them requisites for journalism, media politics, if you went to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, do whatever, Chicago, then we let you into the little club, even though we don't necessarily equate that, those letters with any knowledge. And in my own day, we used to have guys with cigars from the lower classes that were reporters. And, you know, this is David Brooks, one of the great elitists of all time, has said Obama's pants turned him on because they have a perfect crease. I don't know if any of us have worn crease pants in a long time, but the point I'm making is they know it. That's why he wrote, just like Peggy Noonan after the Trump victory. Remember, it's about the people with no protection versus the people with all the protection. And they, they get, every once in a while, they see the middle class angry and they get kind of scared and they kind of say, well, you know, globalization and these phony universities and we and our little enclaves we created all this anger and then we make fun of these people we're the ones that fly jets and we're the ones that you know have nice cars and we're and then we tell the guy in a pickup you're a polluter or we make you pay more for electricity so you don't turn on your gas grill or whatever electric grill they know it and every once in a while, they get scared. And they, they're kind of scared now because they went too far and they don't. They're hoping deep down inside it, it's going to be a January 6th thing, the protests. And by that, I mean, they know that was nothing and that they they ginned that up into an insurrection. As uh, Mr. Rosenberg said from The New York Times, remember, he said there was <laughs> a hell of a lot of FBI informants all over. Right. But I think now they're afraid that there might be a backlash and that Donald Trump might be elected and that if he were elected, he would go after to the degree he could with the statute of limitations. He would go after the Clinton and Biden corrupt machines. And they're really yeah. afraid of that because they don't really believe in democracy. They believe in democracy when they control the government. But right. We right. know that they're willing to pack the court or they're willing to let in new states or get rid of the filibuster or trash the electoral college or cheat on the voting uh, if it's in their interests. But you do that to them and then they'll they, they right. go paranoid. So we, we, we talk about the Constitution and they're fixated on process. <laughs> That's right? all they do. That's all they do. They just do process. We never do. We always say. We're going to get out and vote. We're going to get the majority. And you think, well, they sued to change the voting law. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, we're going to win the Electoral College if that's what it takes. Well, they have the blue wall. But the blue wall fell. Well, they're going to get rid of the Electoral College. Well, we got the court. We got the guys. Well, they're going to change the rules and pack it. Or they're going to go after the, the justice personally and call them corrupt. Or they're going to mask outside their homes and intimidate them. Or a Stanford law, uh, law professor or Harvard law professor is going to say, just ignore the affirmative action ruling or the rule. Be. That's how they just make it up if it doesn't go against them. Then they say, you know, democracy dies in darkness. This is a, I don't know, it's, this is probably the most 
intellectually, morally, culturally bankrupt uh, generation in our history because the 60s people, I grew up, I was younger, but I, I watched those people. They were superbly educated from the people from the 50s. Now, they did trash their education. They they took, you know, wire cutters and cut the chain of continuation so that other people didn't get the chance they did because they trashed the universities. But they did believe in free speech. I mean, some of them didn't. They would shout people down and that all that started. But these people, their grandkids don't. They're anal retent. They're anal retentive, spaghetti-armed, Antifa, <laughs> uh, nerdy, mean-spirited people who sit behind consoles and cancel you, shadow ban you, deplatform you, cowardly, uh, entitled, and they make fun of all the people who keep them safe and prosperous. Yeah. And Victor, they also lie to, to the heavens. There, I saw some... Some uh, piece today on the Daily Mail about the the Harvard professor, who I think she was she studied honesty and and essentially honesty and her her um, studies had dishonesty in it. That's the assumption, and she's suing Harvard. And this has to do a little bit with that you're, you're the former now ousted president of Stanford the um, lying in academic reports. But I read some other piece in the Financial Times today. Somebody sent it along. This is a massive I issue. It's not just you know, random occasional fibbers in these uh, scientific studies. It's rampant. There are thousands and thousands. There are a couple of groups out there now that just debunk these studies by these left-wing PhDs who are just if they fill them with lies. It's, it's, it's they all lie. They all lie. All anything that has to do with race, class, gender is usually a lie. And they they almost every day in the news that some person has to retract a paper or he's his uh, evidence. Uh, there's a, if you go to Powerline, right. there's just a new story by about the crime and as I said earlier in Minnesota and Minneapolis and then. Minnesota in general. It's just a complete lie that blacks are inordinately punished for the same crimes that white. In fact, the data shows that whites are inordinately punished for the same violent crimes, not because the criminal justice system hates whites or hates anybody. It's just that they're afraid that if they punish blacks according to the law, there'll be a riot. And if they do the same for white, there won't. And so, you know, a lot of these things, these whole mythologies, Michael for um, Michael Brown and Ferguson. I mean, we we forget that this was a man that walked into a market and intimidated a person of color. A I think he was an East Indian, and then just looked at him in the face and stole things. And then right. he pr pranced out high on dope, and then he walked down the middle of the road. And then a single officer had to confront this large man who had a companion, and he charged the officer, and he tried to get his gun and kill him. Right. And so the officer defended him, and he never put his hands up and said, hands up, don't shoot. And that that mythology made its way into the CNN anchor room when they all walked out, hands up, and then we had the Ferguson riots. Right. And, you know, I, I've been very critical of what the the – film short and showed officer Chauvin and, and 
the George Floyd matter, but let's not forget the circumstances. This was a felon who had put a gun to a pregnant woman's house, uh, stomach in a house invasion, who'd been pulled over the year before for being high on fentanyl, who was high on fentanyl and fentanyl-related drugs, and who was in the process of passing counterfeit money, and who not once, not twice, not three times, but repeatedly resisted res arrest from the officers who were much smaller than he was. And yes, yeah, so it was terrible and we punished the officer, but we he has angel wings now on murals in right. Afghanistan. So how right. we, why do we do this? And that caused this whole idea that this myth that blacks are being killed inordinately by white policemen, it doesn't happen. The Washington Post showed it didn't happen. Out of 11 million arrests, it was like 11 a year of black unarmed suspects were shot and there was more or almost the same of white suspects and then they said well see 13 percent of the population has almost as many killed that were on our and we're talking about 11 and 11 and then you say yeah but they make up 60 70 percent of the arrest the people who come in contact with police they're killed at a much less rate than whites are and you can't, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter any data because it's not about data. It's not about the truth. It's not about anything. This whole woke crime, chaos, anarchy is about a left-wing dogma of equality of result on the back end, massive redistribution of resources, dividing in a Marxist binary, victim versus victimizer, and then finding the necessary narratives to justify it systematically racist, insidiously racist, reparation, all that stuff. And it's going to continue the destruction of meritocracy until people say, you know what, it's not going to go on, not not going to do it anymore. Yeah. And, we're, and we'll see if that happens. But look at it, with this on Midas touch that the left have, they have destroyed Portland, they have destroyed Los Angeles, they have completely destroyed San Francisco, they have destroyed Seattle, they've destroyed Minneapolis, they've destroyed parts of New York, they've destroyed parts of Washington. And we saw what they did with the, with the COVID lockdowns. We see what they're doing here in California. They destroy everything they come in contact. It's like Venezuela was a pro prosperous country. They destroyed it. Cuba was a yeah. prosperous. They destroyed it. They've destroyed Colombia. They've destroyed everything they touch. Yeah. And uh, that's what's scary about it. And right. Nobody says anything. Everybody's scared. Yeah. Interesting. They, and they, they glorify the city. They discredit and disdain the rural. And yet they're their policies, the, the one place they want everyone to live in some kind of Coolio concept is, right, some Brooklyn uh, shared apartment uh, you know, on the same street where they're going to sell muffins and, and Tai Chi and uh, teach and they're, tea. But they're, 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 but they're destroying these places and you can't have gas in them and you... You know, you're going to get stabbed if you go out to get a quart of milk. It's effed up. 600,000 have left California in two and a half years. 600,000. Yeah. Housing market would be crashed if they let people build houses. But when you let in millions of illegal aliens, and we have one third of the nation's welfare recipients that come for the largesse, 
and you don't build homes, it's still very expensive to buy a home. And because we'd have people living in the streets, it'll probably take another three or four million people to live live before housing returns to normal, maybe 10 million. But don't don't kid yourself. It can happen. There can be a lot more people leave the state, especially if they up the taxes like they're talking. We have 13.3 income. Most counties have between 10 and 12 percent. We have very high assessed evaluation, so of property taxes. We have the highest gas taxes. We have the highest electricity taxes. We have the highest electricity. We have the highest gas prices, except for Hawaii. And we have the highest basket of taxes and prices. And this was all created from a state that Ronald Reagan, Pete Wilson, George Dukmajian had created. It was heaven. It worked. It was ahead of everybody. And infrastructure, schooling, public education, you name it. It's all been destroyed by this these dogmas. And then the funny thing is they destroy it, and then they don't want it. They don't want right. to live in downtown. They don't want to live in California anymore. They want to go destroy something else. Right. So it's, it's so weird. Like, I would give Stanford University, I was there today, about five years. Because with these repertory admissions and you're only having 20% white and I don't care about the person's color. I'm just saying that if you're taking 67% of the population and you're restricting their admissions to 20% and a lot of those people qualify under the old rubrics at Stanford itself said that we're necessary. If you want to come to Stanford, then you better have a 4.5 GPA and it better be from a ranked high school. And we we like our students to have seven fifty or seven eighty on our SATs. Okay, if you if that's what you said you had to have, and that's what built your name, and then you destroyed that. Well, what are you going to get? Well, you're going to get very quickly what people are already talking about, and that's the big conversation on campus that nobody wants to talk about. That already. The classes are inflating the grades. They're dumbing down their curriculum. They're scared to give the actual grade that people get. There's more crime on campus. And I think in five years, it's going to be, you know, I mean, Hillsdale is going to be Stanford. And Stanford's going to be, I don't want to make fun of a CSU because I'm, I'm very proud of the CSU system. But it's going to be something like CSU Stanislaw because it has no standards. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. They just don't talk about it. Everybody knows it. I've talk, I talked to a professor today. That's all he talked about. And I've talked to a professor. They all know it. They all know where it's headed and they can't stop. It's like a locomotive that's stuck on high. It's going 80 miles an hour. There's a bend in the up in the tracks and they, it, everybody knows what's going to happen and they can't stop it. And uh, eventually the alumni are not going to give the money to that. It's going to take some brave soul to be the president of that university and say, I don't care what you say about me. We're going to restore meritocracy. We're going to get back to Martin Luther King Jr.'s idea that race is incidental. We're going to try to have a diverse campus in thought and politics. And maybe they can save it, but I don't see anybody with that type of courage. Right. Even if you had that courage, Victor, that's layered on top of uh, a fact of um, incoming students that maybe have an, are innately intelligent, but no longer have the knowledge you'd expect someone at the age of 18 oh, they is don't. intelligent to have. They don't, they don't know anything. I've talked to students. 
You can't carry a conversation on a university campus. There's no reference. If I were to say Ionic Order, Parthenon, Acropolis, Battle of Shiloh, Grover, Cleveland, you know, if I said Joe Dimatic, they don't know any of it. They do not know any of it. I don't know what they know other than diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. And they 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 try hard to to talk about they're very arrogant, but they don't know anything. And so all these people in the world that are competing with the United States, they're pretty happy because they feel we're fifth century AD Rome. They were a big, fat, entitled, lazy country that can be plundered. And you know, it's like I, I can't believe it. I keep getting back to the bio lab. 12 miles from my house where I used to work in the summer for about three weeks when I went from packing house to packing house, trying to get a job and they find all this stuff. Right. And they've got measles and they've got HIV and they've got COVID. And yes, they probably were trying to get some of Gavin Newsom's hundreds of millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars of free stuff by qualifying for COVID protection and payback, uh, paycheck protect, all those giveaway programs that were so disastrous. But And they were making test kits and the test kits were fraud and they got recalled and they were worthless. But the fact of the matter is, in the era of the Wuhan lab, right in the center of rural California, they've got dangerous viral and right. dead genetic rats run by a Chinese company. And they've known it since March. And everybody's like, we're all Lotus. Oh, wow. <laughs> right over there in real good old Reedley. That's kind of weird. 200 dead rats on the floor. 800 of them they had to euthanize. All genetically engineered. Hmm. That's funny. Like, hey, I got to get back. I've got to get back on Twitter. I got to do some video games yeah. today. That's their attitude. Yeah. And you know, rats so, never got loose anywhere, Victor. So uh, <laughs> they were always saying that, you know, <laughs> uh, they, this couldn't hurt you. This couldn't. They were they've already been saying that or the local authorities are just saying our job is the it was just the building. It's not the viruses. That's somebody else's job. And so how, why would we ever let any Chinese national come to the United States that wasn't a citizen Right. Give him a green card to open a company to handle right. viruses with right. gene genetically enhanced rats after what we know from yeah. Wuhan. Is there somebody with any brains in immigration? It's a suicidal it's, nation that does it, that. it is. It just yeah. the whole principle is what Milton Friedman quoting, I guess, uh, Samuel Johnson and David Hume. They all said there's a lot of rot left in a, a nation. Their attitude right now is. Well, we were very lucky. We had these great grandparents and grandparents that went through the depression. These suckers, they think they're suckers that went out and died in Normandy and were blown up in B-17s and won the war. And these crazy Cold War guys that defeated the Soviet Union. And then they recovered from the oil shocks and they gave us all this wealth. And hey, it's party time. <laughs> That's their attitude. Let's enjoy it. Let's smash and grab. Let's carjack. Let's not let's defund the police. Let's uh, legalize dangerous drugs. Let's have partial birth abortion. Let's show transgendered sex shows to kids. Let's just have a jolly old satiric on time. That's kind of yeah. where we are. And if you say, wait a minute, 
where are the voices of history and civilization? Do you know what you're doing? You pulled the plug on the bathtub and we're all going down with you. You racist. You're then you're a homophobe. And we all, oh, please don't say that about it. Right. We're Eloy too. Yeah. So we do anything, stop. but don't say that about me. Yeah. yeah we, we've got to stop. <laughs> we've got to stop that. We've got to just say, this country is not yours. I'm sorry. But just because you're occupying Seattle or Portland doesn't mean that you get to tell everybody what to do. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen anymore. And we'll see what happens in this next election. This th These indictments are so volatile. It just Everybody thinks they know something. They know nothing, nothing. We don't know. We have no idea whether it's 600 indictments, it's $200 million in legal fees. We don't know what's going to happen with Joe Biden. We don't know what people are going to do when they look at this, this railroading of justice. And it's wide open. Now DeSantis is going to have a debate with Newsom. We don't know, have any idea what's going to happen. This whole thing is in flux. And all we know is that Joe Biden is bragging about Bidenomics and all of his psychophants are on TV saying it's great economy when 35% say that the economy is working well for them. Right. Yeah. 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 more bucks a year than it was two or three years ago. And just, and, uh, that's a year, right? It's not, like, it's not one time. When did twenty five? When did twenty five percent tipping? I go to places. I ate out in Palo Alto, and yeah, I I eat out when I've had on the road. And they used to be fifteen percent, and right. you get the bill, and it says check check fifteen, but that's you're not supposed to do it twenty twenty five, even thirty. I always check twenty now, but they, I see there's twenty. When did people get twenty five percent tip? A quarter of the cost of the meal goes to yeah. the server yeah. it's crazy hey, you're asked to do that if you buy a bag of i know i don't understand that i know i know you go to tip. starbucks and you you have to go serve yourself and you gotta yeah. you got it you're supposed to pay a tip it's, yeah. it's all right we have to give a tip to our to our uh our listeners and uh we'll come back with some other topics but you know we have a we have a sponsor today uh, Victor, and I'd like to take a moment to uh, tell our listeners about Field of Greens. And I know that summer travels can make it hard to get the recommended amount of fruit and vegetables. Unless, Victor, you're going down, um, you know, 99 or 101 and pull over at a fruit stand there. Um, well, that's why I, <laughs> excuse me, take Field of Greens. It's a uh, whole organic fr uh, fruit and vegetable. It's not a watered-down supplement. It's uh, backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens has been scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. Let me get you started, folks, uh, with 15% off. So how do you get that? You visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, that's Promo code Victor at fieldofgreens.com. Try it, folks. I do. Thank you, Field of Greens, for sponsoring the Victor Davis Hansen Show. Victor, I'd like us to get your thoughts on uh, Diane Feinstein, but do you have any, any other thoughts, final, back on the Trump indictment? Anything else you'd want to say 
about Jack Smith? And if yes, please do. If not, I'll just mention that. Sure, go ahead. I, I've mentioned before, but this this one statement that says that he unlawfully discounted a legitimate vote. On law, that's not. There's no law that says you can or cannot discount a vote. That's insane. And so then it was the next idea was he didn't believe that the election. He just said that. What did it matter if he believed it or not? The fact is, did he stop the election? If he was president, did he stop the election? Did he order everything? He well, he got special. He got electors. No, he said if if things go bad and our theory holds up in court, or we can, then we'll have an alternate set. I didn't agree with that. I thought that was silly. But he didn't go hijack it and put his people in there. It wasn't like he he got. Every, I mean, it wasn't like he was the Hollywood actors in two thousand sixteen. Exactly. They got on right. TV and said, right. "Please, electors, don't vote for the popular vote in your state." Right. They should all be arrested. They should all be arrested. They were trying to overthrow the government. They wasn't like Barbara Boxer and Benny Thompson and all of the 32 House members who rejected, tried and tried to get everybody to reject the Ohio results so that John Kerry would be president on the bogus claim that the machines were fraudulent. So it's just it gets exasperating. These people, they just. They have no collective memory. It's just on to the next, you know, we've, we've gone from 2016, destroying the Trump administration for 22 months, 40 million with with Robert Mueller. Then it's suddenly, okay, yep, no PP tag. Yep, Dushinko was a creep. Yep, Christopher Steele was a pathological liar. So what? We're on to impeachment. And then, oh, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, he... I guess Joe did the same thing, but now we're on to Russian disinformation and it's 2020. And that laptop has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. And that's what they do to poor Joe Biden. That's what the Trump people do. They get a laptop and they get the Russians and that and then, oh, sorry, it's authentic. Yeah, we lied. But 51 intelligence. Yeah, we died. Yeah, Anthony Blinken was behind it all. Mike Morale. No consequences. We warped in a whole election. Now we're on to 2024. And this time, we're not going to wait to the final days. We're going to start with the 600 indictments. That's Do you know any mafia person, Jack, that's ever faced 600 indictments? Uh, no, and not, and I don't know any mafia person either. <laughs> no, I, mean, no. I mean, I mean, have I mean, you ever heard of? Well, I don't mean no person. I mean, yeah. has anybody in the audience heard, no, read, ever about a right. violent murder who was faced with six hundred counts? No. We thought there was a lot, Victor. Right when when Elliot Abrams was charged, yeah. uh, then he had like forty charges against yeah. him. That's to yeah. inundate you, so you beg for mercy on one. But Scoo- six, Scoo- same thing, thing with Patrick Fitzgerald and Scooter Libby. Right, that was a complete railroad. And but never they they're bragging now that when James and uh, Fannie Willis and Bragg get together with uh, Smith, they're going to get six hundred of them, and it's just. It's just mind-boggling how they can get away with this in the United States. It's just, it's, it's. There's a lot of subtext here that people don't talk about because they're afraid. I mean, there is an African American left-wing 
uh, hatred of Trump. So you have a black prosecutor, Bragg, you have a black prosecutor, James, you have a black prosecutor, Willis, and you're going to have majority black juries in New York, Washington, and Atlanta. And I'm just telling you the truth. And there's a hatred there of the left, not of all black people. A lot of black people like Trump. He's got a higher uh, popular popularity rating with blacks. But the hardcore left is taking the lead on this. And it's there. there are racial motivations here. It's clear. And nobody's talking about that because and I'll probably get san- san- sanctioned from Hoover or, or Stanford or some for saying it. But it, it is three out of these four. All of the state uh, uh, prosecutors are products of the Soros system. Right. And they have they have in the past accused Donald Trump of various things politically or right. prom- promised they were going to get them. And they rely on juries that feel that Donald Trump is a racist or something. So that's why I feel that he will be indicted no matter what the evidence is, and he will be convicted and they will do the same process to find a judge that will sentence him to a long time in prison. And people tell me, well, no appellate court judge, Victor, in his right mind is going to go back and think you can dig up something in the grant administration well it doesn't matter that'll be in 2026 when we're when we're all into the newsome presidency or something that's that's irrelevant donald trump will go to jail and he will be in jail i think during the election and that is just unimaginable but that is likely to happen yeah well banana republic victor um we need to get your thoughts on Dan, Diane Feinstein and F- Feinstein and and this new uh, repackaging of her life. And let's get to that right after these important messages. Have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful, it promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience an exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. 
Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Before we get to Victor's thoughts on the 90-year-old California senator, it wouldn't be bad you know, regardless if she was 90 and, and with it, but she ain't. We'll get to that in a second. A few things. One, Victor has a website. It's called The Blade of Perseus. Its web address is victorhanson.com. If you go there, well, if you don't go there, I know what's wrong with you. But if you go there and you try to read some of the articles there, well, you'll if they're Victor's American Greatness articles or his syndicated columns, you will be able to read them. But if you try to read the Ultra articles, you won't unless you're a subscriber. Victor writes two or three Ultra articles a week. It's exclusive, exclusive to the website. You can't read them anywhere else. And if you're a fan, if you are a fan of Victor's writings, Please subscribe. It's $5 to get you in the door, $50 discounted for the full year. That's uh, the blade to Perseus, VictorHanson.com. I have to mention, Victor, that as we've mentioned this before, the Victor Davis Hanson Fan Club, which is on Facebook, it's one wonderful group of uh, folks. And someone posted today because you say so much about um, you can say it in Latin, but not this pig. And someone has designed a T-shirt there with some pig wearing sunglasses, really cool. And underneath it, not this pig, hashtag VDH. That's a Matthew John did this. He writes the perfect summer tea to go with your subscription to the Blade of Perseus. Anyway, it's kind of kind of cool what your fans uh, do, Victor. What's the Latin for that again? Not this pig. Non, non hip porcus. It's a... It's kind of a fragmented line from Petronius' Satyricon when he's, it's it's actually, it became a kind of idea that, no, I'm not that stupid. I'm not going to put up with this. But it was about a pig that wasn't fully cooked. And they said, oh. this pig is not cooked. And, <laughs> and so it's, 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 a, it's a very uh, weird thing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I like okay. that T-shirt. It was really yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Thank you, Matthew John, for sharing that. Hey, thank, thanks to the folks over at uh, at the uh, Victor Davis Hanson fan club. It's not official uh, with for Victor, but you know they're good, they're good people. So anyway, back to California. Here's the headline, Victor, from the Daily Mail today: Ailing Senator Dianne Feinstein, ninety, gives her daughter her daughter power of her attorney after a string of cognitive concerns, and during a bitter dispute over her late husband's estate. Um, that dispute is not an unimportant news story, but you know, Victor, if if um, if you gave something, your health came such a point that you gave you know the great Mrs. Hanson your power of attorney. I doubt that you would be able to serve on boards or any other number of things, right? You know, it's it means I don't have the cognitive powers to, essentially to make decisions. Someone has to make them for me. But this is a senator of the United States. And her daughter, I think it, her daughter is essentially de facto now the senator from California. Yeah, so, isn't it, 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 it's, it's fascinating that <laughs> it shows you the low regard we have for politics. If you were a bank president or a loan officer or an accountant or a hybrid patrolman, and you were in the mental state of Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, or Dianne Feinstein, you'd lose your job. Yeah, or the guy from uh, from Pennsylvania. Let's not forget uh, him either. 
Yeah, Senator. I can't remember his name now. Oh, yeah, Fighter, <laughs> Federman. Federman, yeah. Federman. So, but, but as long as you're in politics, anything's okay. You don't have to show up for work. If I don't show up at my job and drive 400 miles and stay there for a while, I, I, I'm not supposed to be there. But what if I just said, I'm kind of old. I'm just going to stay here in Selma. It, it's just amazing how we give these people passes. And she's she had, you know, encephalitis from the shingles and she got facial paralysis. And Mitch McConnell just lost complete train of thought for what, a minute? And he had some obviously, I don't know what it was, a, a stroke. Yeah, I think that was not the first time that happened. No, and he, I, I guess he fell down right on his face and he'd had a concussion or brain swelling. And then we had Pelosi was just, she doesn't know what she says sometimes. And, you know, I'm not talking about age. You look at Charles Grassley compared to Mitch McConnell. Charles Grassley is vibrant. You know what right. I mean? He's what, 96 or something? And yeah. Uh, who's, who's the Harvard professor? He just retired at 93 or 94. Harvey Mansfield. Harvey, yeah, Harvey Mansfield. Right. Yeah. Ah, I know Harvey very well. Right. And I really right. admire him. And he's, he's, he, you know, he's, I don't know what to say. Every time he's I a, see a, him. A vibrant, a vibrant nonagenarian. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see him, I, I have to ask him because I can't believe it. I always say, Harvey, now you're 80 or you're 84. No, no, I'm 90, Victor. No, I'm next time. I'm 92. He looks like he's 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 just amazing. So it's not it's not age. I'm not saying that's age. The yeah. yeah, it's the physical age that that all that matters, you know. Right. I think, right. So Grassley, I think, is I, I don't know what he is, but he's about the same age as Diane Feinstein. And he looks and acts like he's 70. Right. So my point is that we got to I think that all of the politicians should take a Montreal assessment, mm. cognitive assessment test that Trump did every year. When you get over 60, you take it. If you can't pass it, you, you're out. Because we do that with pilots. We do that with uh, police people. We make sure that, you know, I go over, I have to drive, you know, so I have to, I get glaucoma type of test. I have because of this long COVID high pressure. And at some point that it would affect my peripheral vision, I couldn't drive. I wouldn't get a license next time. So my point is everybody should follow the same rules, but not politicians. It's like, wow, these are like homeless people. We don't really, we don't want to interfere. They can be any way they want. All they're doing is making our laws big deal. Yeah. So Diane Feinstein, whisper in her ear, tell her you say, hey. I, Diane, remember that? Right. And then Mitch, uh, hey, Mitch, somebody wave your hands in front of his face. Mitch, 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 come down to earth. Or Fetterman, uh, you know, you look like you're on the beach and you haven't said one coherent thought today. And Joe Biden, Hey, Joe, you turn this way and know the war is in Ukraine. It's not in Iraq. Right. And so. Taking invisible people's hands. Yeah. Yeah. But what's so strange about all of this, if you. It's the description of reality is a more dangerous thing uh, than the reality itself. So when you say these things and the left goes after you. 
the right doesn't go after you. They don't say, don't dare speak about Mitch McConnell. They're empirical. Yeah, I agree with you. But if you say something about the left, then it's there. It's all. I mean, these are the very same people that got. What was her name? Professor Yee or something from Yale to come and testify before Congress and then to say that Donald Trump should be put in a straitjacket, restrained and removed and be removed. Right. Under the, and then we had Rosenstein and McCabe that were conspiring to get him out on the 25th Amendment. And we had people writing op-eds saying he's crazy. Oh, he slipped on a remember he had a little slow gait in the rain. I think that was at the academy, one of the academies. And then he said, my button's bigger than yours, <laughs> Kim Jong-un. And they said, right. oh, my God, he's insane. And then we had Rosa Brooks and everybody. We're talking about insurrection and getting back to the earlier impeachment, what Donald Trump did. She wrote she was a very prominent Pentagon lawyer in the Obama administration. Eleven days after right. Trump was inaugurated. 11 in foreign affairs, a flagship left wing diplomatic magazine. She said, we've got to get rid of Trump. Mm. And we have we can try impeachment. She had nothing to impeach him on, but it would take a long time. We'd never convict him. We could get him out in the 25th Amendment. He had no sign of being, but it didn't matter. And then she said, but there's a quicker way, a coup, a military coup. Maybe you could just the officers would refuse to follow orders. And I thought, wow, that when I read that thing and I, I beat it to death in columns, I thought that's a call to arms. You know what I mean? That is a call for violent revolution. And nobody said a word. Nope, nope, nope. And since then, we had two colonels that came out and they wrote an op-ed saying that he should be removed. We had Mr. Uh, Admiral McRaven said, well, sooner the better, even though we have regularly scheduled elections, he wanted Trump out. So it, it, and then we're uh, indicting a president because we think he didn't mean it when he said the election was rigged. If he did mean it, what would that mean? I mean, why would they put that in? So you say... Okay, well, he didn't mean it. So what? What's the difference? If he did mean it or he did mean it. He didn't mean it. He did mean it. He either did it or he didn't, you know? Right. The policeman was shot by a robber. The robber says, I wanted to kill him. I didn't want to kill him. So what? The evidence will tell us, right? Right. right. The evidence will tell us. And you can see where this was all going from the very beginning. When they... The tip off was when they when Rosenberg got ambushed on the Operation Veritas and he said he spotted a lot of FBI informants. And then Mr. Ray Epps that that left used to despise when he was on the person of interest FBI list for saying on four occasions, we got to go into the Capitol or uh, texting his nephew. I, I'm the architect of this. Right. And then they decided that he flipped and he was going to be a, an iconic folk hero. So they discount and then they put the 25,000 officers right. into the Capitol, put the bob wire. So everybody would think that these buffoons with the deer horns and stuff were really insurrectionaries. They never found one firearm inside the Capitol. Yeah, there was one inside. But, you know, she killed it, killed a woman. Yeah, yeah killed <laughs> Ash, Ashley Babbitt. Yeah. And then, you know, and so that was all orchestrated. It was all or orchestrated. And they've never given up that this there's central casting somewhere. No sooner has 
Adam Schiff been censored and everybody's despised him on both sides of the aisle. He's a pathological liar. And then he sprouts. He's like spontaneous generation. Then this guy named Dan Goldman sprouts up, right? And he's a bigger bigger liar than, than Schiff was. He comes out with a straight face, looks at America and says, they were talking about the weather. Joe Biden's talking about the weather. And I thought. <laughs> this is right out of the Godfather, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did this you is, see Devin Archer's? Uh, yeah, I did. Tucker's interview. Yeah, I, I, did, did, I did. I did. did you, I did. What? What? What did you? Uh, think I thought it was did? very. I thought it was bizarre because he was kind of smiling, and he was kind of saying, "You know, I'm a crook too." <laughs> and Tucker would ask him this question. He'd kind of laugh and say, "Yeah, that's how kind of how it goes, Tucker." You know, you don't, you just get, it was all about Joe. And Tucker says, well, you call, he would get on the phone and he said, yeah. And then Tucker says, well, did you expect him to go through the details? No, you don't do that, Tucker. You really don't. You just get him to say a few yeah. things so they know he's in the room. He's and, present, right. And, and then it, he kind of admitted to his own illegal, illegal activities, but. He was right. pretty mellow, and it was kind of like Hunter. You can see the guy was basically a party animal with Hunter. And he was of Hunter's uh, – he didn't have a problem with the law is what I'm saying about right. reporting things. And he's on – I mean, he he he's accused of swindling, what, a Native American tribal group. He's right. got all sorts of accusations. But he basically substantiated what everybody knew. That Joe Biden, from time to time, uh, for performance art, would say, Joe Biden is on the phone. So that, they, hey, everybody see yeah. that? We can produce him anytime we want. Uh, you may be taping this, but he's going to talk about the weather. I, I and still then, think it's like the Godfather, too, when the brother shows yeah. up. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a point to presence. That's sometime. Right. Yeah. I mean, that Goldman would come out and say, now, listen, and that gold. And that Godfather scene, when the brother comes up and the would-be guy who's Italian guy from Sicily is going to turn evidence, he looks at his brother and the, it's the understood mafia stare that you don't break the code of silence. It doesn't mean right. anything. He didn't say anything, did he? Did that right. brother say, please don't testify against the Korean? No, he didn't. All he was doing was just winking at his brother. That's what Goldman was basically saying. And he thinks we're stupid. And there's no quid pro quo in history where some guy gets up and says, I'm Joe Biden. My son has taken uh, $10 million from Burisma. And according to our contract, I'm going to make 16 phone calls to get Sokin fired. Is that it? That's what he's not going to find that. Come on. It's just so for that guy to say that is just ridiculous. It's just pathetic. And we're supposed to, okay, Representative Goldman, I guess you're right. And then they all played the other call. I thought that was so grotesque about that no sooner we, we brought back Bo alive. Well, he was so upset about Bo. He was so oh upset gosh. about, remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, people on television said it. And so did go, all these representatives. I thought, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself because – you brought up, as you pointed out in an article, Jack, you brought up the truck driver who was not at fault. And if there was any fault, it was Joe Biden's first wife who probably had a rolling stop. The truck driver heroically tried to stop. He hit her. 
She was killed along with a daughter. And what did you do, Joe Biden, for what, 15 years? You told everybody that he was drunk. He drank his lunch so you could get empathy. It was pathetic. And then we had your son who died tragically of a brain tumor. And you told us he again and again and again, he died in Iraq. He did not die in Iraq. He did not die in Iraq. Then you said he got cancer from a burn pit. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. It's not proved. But now he's, they're using the death to suggest right. that Joe doted on Hunter because of Bo's death. And it, that's really, you shouldn't do yeah. that. It, it's like in case of emergency, break glass, right? And there's an axe, yeah, except the axe yeah. is Bo, Bo Biden or the or or the you know the first wife. It's they're yeah. they're they're incorrigible with that with this. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. And it's it's not a good thing to do that for yeah. a person. And it got it's just it's you know Guy Benson wrote something about that, and he had a good point where he, he went through all of the references to Bo and. And in this context of trying to excuse, so you are breaking the law, right? And you're in, you're culpable, and you're willing to bring up the memory of your own prematurely dead child to help you get out of your own self-created right. mess. And you do that with surrogates that are, are told to mention that because that's what it is, right? I thought. Do you remember? How, do you remember how the left mocked Nixon? Yes. With his last speech at the White House, and he was talking about his mother. And, you know, it was whatever. But he wasn't using his mom as he was just wandering down um, uh, melodrama way. But they mocked him mercilessly for for being so maudlin. How dare, you know, you talk about. uh, His youth and the difficult times, et cetera, et cetera. It's. it's, because of all everybody, I, one of the most common emails I get is, can we live together? You probably do. Is it impossible to deal with these crazy people? And I've been really thinking about So I went back about and read Frederick Jackson's Turner essay on the American frontier. And the idea of free land is venting social tensions. And I went back and went online. I was I had an hour in the evening and I read parts of Democracy in America by Tocqueville, Alexis de Tocqueville. And unfortunately, and then I read some things Jefferson wrote. And it's pretty weird or strange how these brilliant social scientists, historians, political observers said what made America work was this Western expansionism, this free land. So when you had all of these social tensions, and you had the elite going after Andrew Jackson or those all those tensions, the way people dealt with it, they went west and they got land and they got they built oil and gas and coal and farming. They were the muscular classes and they were just too busy creating and doing things to worry about what somebody at Harvard said. The great uh, novelist, you know, Lou Wallace who wrote Ben-Hur, he was shunned by all Robert Law, all, all the Harvard professors, but he didn't care. He had been a general in the Civil War, and he got it was the most popular book, and he was out west. I think he was at Wabash. And But my point is nobody worried because you could always go away from them, but now you can't go away from them. And all of the things that kept conservatives and traditionals busy, they're after. 
they're after your they're after your leaf blower they're after your cooktop they're after right. your hot water heater they're after your pump on your private land they deprecate all the things you're they have granite in their homes they don't like you mining it they have stainless steel uh appliances they don't like you smelting it they have beautiful wood floors they don't like you c- cutting a tree down to get them the wood floors they're impossible people and so i'm worried because these former political observers were suggesting that only the frontier or only westward expansion or only the outlets of creativity and building a country from nothing allowed these tensions to be lessened but now we're postmodern and we're not expanding and the economy is stagnant and we're we're undoing we're decivilizing so it's different and i don't know how they're these two groups are going to get along i really don't joe mm-hmm. biden talks about how great biden economics is if you go back and look at gdp and unemployment state by state it's it's all the red states are doing well and and propping up the economy it's states like texas and florida and tennessee it's not california it's not new york it's not minnesota it's not illinois they're big economies but they're not doing well right. and what's making us do well or the stuff that biden didn't screw up and it's i don't know how we're going to get along because uh I don't it, it, it's very hard. They these, these indictments were a big mistake on the part of the left. All they had to do was just say, you know what? You guys should grow up because, you know, ask yourself if Trump was not running. Wouldn't you, Mr. Bragg, go after him like this if he was back in New York as a private citizen or in Florida? No. Would you, Mr. Smith, go after him in the way you're not going after Biden? I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Miss Willis in Georgia, would you really go after this three-year-old phone call if he was not running? No. Miss James, do you really go after him for getting a loan by saying his Trump Towers was worth more than you think it was? No. So just stop it. And they can't do it. They can't do it. It's a tick. They cannot do it. They hate him so much and the people he represents. Right. And the idea of America that they want to restore. Mm -hmm. David Brooks wrote a really, uh, as I mentioned earlier, very dishonest article today. He's quoting somebody and saying, he he always does this. He says, are we culpable? Were we wrong? Are we the bad guys? Meaning we went after the middle classes and we went after the red state and interior. But then he quotes a guy and says, well, these the Trump supporters are all people who look fondly back at 1963. And do we want to go back to 1963? No, we don't want to go back to They're not looking back to find. They'll, they'll take 1985. <laughs> they'll be happy with 1995. Yeah. They'll be happy with 2005. Don't put that point that they want to go back to Mobile, Alabama in 1963 in the South. These people in Michigan did not live in the South. No. These people in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania did not live in the South. But, but, they don't want but, to go back to 63. They want to go back to before the madness. They were perfectly fine. Uh, they were fine with George W. Bush. They were fine by George H.W. Bush. They were fine with Bill Clinton. They It right. started with Barack Obama. 
he was the one that started the racial animosity and the hardcore green and mm -hmm. America is not exceptional and you didn't build that and all that stuff. But they don't you they're happy to live in 2007. They're happy to live in 1998. They have no problem. It's not, not so don't tell us they're trying to go back to 1963 in the South. They're not. That's not the MAGA agenda. It's just don't allow these people from the last 10 years to take something like San Francisco and destroy it. Yeah. And that's well, Victor, same if we uh, I understand not going back to what 1963 stands for in racial terms. Right. But if we went back to 1963, we might still have some intact neighborhoods and mm. in cities that that weren't turned into hellhole uh, public housing. And Absolutely. If we went back to 1963, it would be before the Great Society that that destroyed the black family. You know? Well, so, I mean, you 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 go. I have this little habit now that I I watch 256 on direct TV of the Turner classic movies. And I I want to look at our big cities, you know, right. and, and I see them in the 40s and the 50s right. and the 60s. And I, I don't mean Hollywood stage saw. I mean, just shots of the city. And it's amazing. Like DOA, like that 19, you know, the guy, uh, Edmund O'Brien yeah, is, yeah. is is uh, being poisoned, is in San Francisco. And it's like, wow, this is a freaking beautiful city, right? Yeah, I saw the, I saw, I think it's 1976. I saw Invasion of the Body Snatch. Remember with uh, Donald oh, Sutherland? It was yeah, in, yeah, right, right. It was yeah, in San, Franci San Francisco. Right. No, the remake. Right. The remake, the right, right. Yeah. But it was in San Francisco. It looked right. normal. It looked normal. I couldn't believe it in the seventies. I thought yeah, bullet, bullet was uh, yeah, you know, more, same more thing. So yeah. they've done a lot. They got to hand it to them. They they destroyed a city in about four years, five years. Yeah, and wow. uh, they they really did, and they defunded the police. They decriminalized the criminal code. They uh, they had this woke idea of intolerance. They destroyed Lowell High School. They destroyed All Merit. And they, you know, they didn't work on the infrastructure. It was all about green this and green that. And they destroyed it. And now they have to live it. And they, yeah. Now they well, want to live like it. Detroit was, Detroit was standing there for everyone to see what can happen to great cities. And, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're very adolescent. They're like adolescents, you know destroy their room or break a window or they're 13 year olds and they throw something and they say, Hey dad, can you fix the window? <laughs> hey dad, uh, you know, I smashed the, the wall socket. Can you get the electricity running? But, and, and their version of it, Hey, we screwed San Francisco. So we're going to go to Austin <laughs> where there's adults in the room that won't listen to us so we can act like children. And then they'll take yeah. care of everything for us. Until Watch we out, Austin. <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll screw Austin up and we'll yeah. go somewhere else. All right, Victor. Well, we've right, anyway. um, yeah, we've come to the end of this just such upbeat uh, episode. But let me uh, let me uh, do. I got. I got. Yeah, we we've got to get upbeat because I well, I, you, have, I have well, de were... civilization and yeah. I have a bunch of depressing stuff on the website, and I think it's well. Bad. You you better when you record with Sammy, you're going to have to have come up with something positive to start the show. So I think I'm going to go. Watch, I'll go watch Barbary. Barber is it? What's it called? Barbie, I'll go watch oh, that. Barbie. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I 
I'd pay to see you watching that. Okay. So we have on um, uh, Apple uh, podcast, uh, the platform, uh, whatever platform you listen to folks, this, this, uh, this podcast, the Victor Davis Hanson show, we are deeply appreciative. Could be Google, could be Apple stitcher, not for much longer. You can actually listen to the podcast on Victor's website, victorhanson.com. But folks that on iTunes and Apple can uh, rate the show. Most give it five stars. It's, it's practically 4.9 average from thousands of, ra- of ratings. So we thank those folks that take the time to, to rate it. And some actually leave comments. And here's an interesting comment, Victor, uh, from uh, a, a quite interesting conversation you had with Sammy in a recent podcast, and this is titled Removing Dams in Favor of Natural Hydrograph. And it says, uh, thanks for your insights. There isn't a problem with Native Americans longing for a return of salmon. The main problem is that ecologists are not focused on restoring the upper reaches of creeks and streams where spawning needs to get established. To recapture salmon cycles of 100 years ago, first understand there are small watersheds that no longer have proper shade, vegetation, natural flow, or or wildlife populations that naturally fertilize watersheds, creating a habitat suitable for spawning Pacific salmon. Unlike Atlantic salmon, Pacific salmon die in the process of producing offspring, release female eggs, and male milt result in future salmon. These emerging offspring, they're called fries, need specific nutrients, temperatures, gravel stream beds, shade, vegetation, and logs to dodge predators. Unfortunately, we Pacific Northwest natives have listened to activists who are well-funded and think that, and they're usually white activist leaders, They are going to accomplish things by closing dams. We can't get back to the 100-year-ago hydrophobic rivers and native watersheds by removing dams. And this is signed by Thankful and Glad. I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. is. Take on things. I I wrote a series of articles maybe 10 years ago on water, and I pointed out that the dams uh, regular regularize the flow of the Sacramento and, for example, the San Joaquin Rivers. They were in a boom and bust cycle. The melt the the melt on a year like this would cr- flood Tulare Lake. It would flood the delta, and then it would be gone. And then the, if it was a below wet year, then the, the rivers would be too low for salmon. But you right. put you put 30 or 40 million acre feet behind dams and you can let them out at a reasonable rate and keep the rivers running then you it it was it created an artificial regularity and and that's just a fact and when they put little you know they put things for fish to go around the dams but this idea that every single year for example this came up with salmon on the on the San Joaquin River. And so they said, well, there were salmon. Well, if you go back and look very carefully, they were not very common because right. down here in the southern part of the Central Valley, there were droughts and there was not enough snow every year to guarantee a robust river. And But the dams, because they were storing millions of acre feet and they were letting it out at a steady rate, transformed those rivers most years 
even with their demands by agriculture and hydroelectric into pretty right. steady steady flows. And so to blow them up, you're going to have flooding again, and then yeah. you're going you're going to have drought. That was perverse. Yeah, all they have to—they just have to go online. They can read the Central Valley Project, the, the California Water Project, read the argument for hydroelectric, read the argument for recreation, read the argument for flood control, read the argument for irrigation. They're all there, and then look at the San Joaquin Valley from Bakersfield to Sacramento, and everything they predicted is right here, mm-hmm. and it's paradise in terms of productivity right. and and population. At least it was until we neglected. And so blow it up and you'll go back to valley fever along 5 million acres of scrub in the west side. It's true. And there won't be very much farming on the east side. Right. Good luck. Good luck getting celery, folks. Yeah. And uh, tomatoes. So. No. Uh, well, no, Victor, no, no. that was, you know, we've got some pretty smart yeah, we uh, do. listeners. And that was uh, great. Of uh, Again, thankful and glad for, for that. Uh, great comment, Victor. Um, just as we end, just like to recommend to our listeners to visit civilthoughts.com. That's uh, where you can sign up for Civil Thoughts, the free weekly email newsletter that comes out every Friday. I write it. I share 14 um, links and excerpts from what I believe are important articles that I've come across in the previous week. And I, I share them. And I think they would be of interest to you. There's no a transaction going on here. It's totally free. We're not collecting your names and selling them on the World Wide Webs. So that's civilthoughts.com, which is published by the Center for Civil Society at Amphil, where we try to strengthen civil society. And I uh, that's where I work, and I, I am uh, very happy and proud to work there. So, Victor, thanks for all the wisdom you shared on this really um, – sadly historic day uh, for the United States of America. Thanks to all our listeners uh, for listening. And we will be back soon with another episode of the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.